Hello and welcome to All in the Addicted Gamblers podcast, a virtual meeting for May 13th, 2020. My name is Brian, and as always, I'm here with Jeff. Jeff, what's up? Hey, Brian. It's good to see you in your new home. Thank you. Yes, I'm here. It's messy. Uh, that's why I'm late on podcasts, but here we are doing another meeting. A bit of a smaller group for our Wednesday nights, but... It's an intimate evening on Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Tom, Danielle, and Brad with us this evening to do our meeting so hello to you all and jeff do you want to introduce the topic that you sent to everybody yeah it's rather uh lengthy but i'm i'm up for it you wrote it so well look at i sam i'm verbose both in my verbal skills and in my written skills okay so the topic is acceptance and self-forgiveness acceptance is the first step of self-forgiveness. This includes acceptance of our powerlessness over gambling, acceptance of the financial losses we incurred, and acceptance of the pain we caused our loved ones. We are told we must accept the things we cannot change, but for many of us, guilt and shame have made this task seem impossible. Now, since entering recovery, the questions are, what have you been able to accept and move past with respect to your gambling and its consequences. What challenges have you faced or do you currently face with respect to acceptance? And have you attempted to address those challenges? And finally, have you forgiven yourself? What has been the most difficult to forgive yourself for? And do you need to forgive yourself to move forward in recovery? So that those are my thoughts for the topic. And uh, would anybody like to take a nosedive and go first? Well, I'll go if nobody else wants to go. Uh, take it away, Brian. I was as I read this earlier. I was trying to think of if I actually thought that I actually forget. You know, if I thought to myself, you know, Brian, I I forgive myself for for what I did to me. Um, but then when you reread it and you talked about first, you know, a certain act or anything in there, uh, I mean, I, I gambled and I accepted it long ago that, that I gambled. And then furthermore, I accepted the fact that I lost money. That money's gone. It's one of those like, but is there a way I can, can I get that money back? No, it's, it's gone. There's, it's gone. And it's, it's hard. I think at the, at the beginning, you know, I relapsed a whole bunch of times. So each one of those times it was like, all right, that, that money's gone. I've, I've accepted that. Um, but I, I never really thought of anything I had to forgive myself for. I mean, I, I gambled. It's an addiction. It happened. I couldn't really think of anything. But there was something and something I've talked about before is that I, I stole money from, from my grandfather to gamble with. And that always bothered me. At times, that used to make me cry because I felt so terrible. But um, it's, it's one of those, those things I did that it's just, it's not necessarily that I have to forgive myself, but it's just a, a time heals all wounds type deal. You know, after a while, I know I felt bad. I know I felt horrible for what I did taking that money from him. And then to boot, he died before he ever found out about it. You know, he just, he died after I, I did it. And uh, so he never knew. So that guilt always stuck with me for a long time. But I don't think I ever said, you know, I forgive myself for it. I just sort of know that I feel bad. And I, I think feeling bad and feeling guilt is the forgiveness I, I give to myself. You know, after after doing everything I did, you can't just 
sit and, and think about it all the time and feel bad about it all the time. You have to move forward. You have to go on because otherwise, what's, what's the point of recovery if you're not going to move forward? If you want to sit and sulk, I mean, you're going to sit and sulk at the beginning for sure for, for years. Um, but in order to move forward, you would have to forgive yourself, I would think. I mean, you guys will tell me if I'm wrong, but you have to because you got to go on with your life. Otherwise, there's no point to recovery. If you don't want to go on with your life, then there's no point to recovery. So that was the biggest thing I, I think I had to forgive myself for, but it, it is a matter of time heals that. Um, accepting gambling, I, I accepted gambling a long time ago that, that I'm a gambler and that's, that's what it was and that's my thing. And uh, you know, every time you relapse, you, you accept it again and you realize, well, maybe I'm, I'm not doing this the right way. And now I, I don't think I'm in recovery the way that most people are in recovery. I'm, I'm, we mentioned this on Sunday, Jeff, but I'm, I'm an abstainer. I know uh, in your groups, in the Zoom meetings and stuff, uh, you guys have talked about abstaining versus recovery. Um, and I'd be interested to hear your perspectives on this, but I, gambling was the thing that got me forever. It was gambling and I just, I could not stop the bleeding. And when I was able to do that finally, I didn't go to recovery, I didn't go to meetings, I just stopped. And that's all I concentrated on was stopping because that was the thing that was doing the harm to me. And it's worked out well. I mean, again, there are, there are character defects that I have that I haven't worked on, but I do think about. Uh, and maybe going you know, further into recovery would help with that. But it was gambling that was detrimental to me. And that's what I wanted to stop. And so abstaining is the greatest gift I can give to myself at this point because gambling, no matter which, at what point I was gambling, it always sent me down the wrong path. You know, it would make me angry or it would make me... Uh, a terrible friend, a terrible son, um, a terrible employee for many reasons. So I just concentrate on abstaining because I think not gambling, not doing the thing that was detrimental to my health uh, is the greatest gift I can give to myself. And so I think with that, I am, I'm done. I have a question for you, Brian. Um, you talked about sort of time healing all wounds. Was there like, a moment in time or, you know, a period where you can identify that you had turned the corner in sort of forgiving yourself for past sins, or was it really kind of gray? And, you know, now that you look back on it, you can't really identify exactly when it was that you forgave yourself, but you know that it happened along the way. I mean, I, I felt so bad about what I did to my grandfather and I felt bad forever. And it made me, it made me cry. It made me freak out once at a, at a, at a bar. I, I went to an alley and, and just freaked out. Um, it, I can't pinpoint a time. It's like, like we talked about, it's all of a sudden one day you kind of wake up and you feel good and, and you can think about something. It's like losing someone. You, you're very sad. And every time you think about them, you cry. But then as time goes on, you can think back about it and not have an emotional uh, reaction to what you did. You just sort of think what you did and you, you know it was wrong. But I think that's your mind forgiving you, right? That's your mind saying, hey, man, you did your time. It's okay. It's okay to forgive yourself for this. Um, but as far as a specific time, no. I, I know those first first few years... Well, I should. I never made it more than a few years in recovery before I relapsed. So this time around, um, those first few years were just. I, 
right where everybody else is. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm thinking about the money. I'm thinking about what I did wrong. But it's just eventually you cycle around a couple of years and all of a sudden it's three years ago and you forget the things that you did wrong, which is kind of funky, but you do. You, you, oh yeah, I, I did that. And it's nice talking to everybody on these because I, I remember what it's like when I talk to people who have been in recovery for only a little bit of time. It's, it's nice to kind of remember those and get those feelings back because you know that the beast is still there talking in your ear and he can get you at any time. So um, no, I can't, I can't pinpoint a specific time, but it just sort of all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're not gambling and it's good and everything else will work out. So Brian, I started out talking or actually stating that acceptance is the first step of self-forgiveness. Um, so to, for me, that means that, you know, you have to own up to the behavior or the action that is the subject of your attempt to forgive yourself, right? And then the next step is forgiving yourself, meaning, I don't know, that you're no longer angry at yourself. You don't, you no longer resent yourself for doing what you did. And um, I just wonder if you think that someone could move forward in recovery by accepting what they have done, but not gone to the second, you know, uh, thought of, do I still, am I still angry at myself? If you know what I mean? Sort of going back to what I said when Tom asked this question, it, because there was never a specific moment where I was like, I'm okay with what I, you know, talking about the grandfather thing. I'm okay with that. I stole his money and he died and he never knew. And I kind of betrayed him right before he died. Uh, there was never a moment where all of a sudden I felt okay. But all of a sudden, you know, today I can tell you, I, I feel okay. I feel, at the time and for time to go, I, I felt terrible. But, you know, my mom said to me, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or something like that. We, I think she texted me or something. And she just said, oh, Brian, I'm just, I'm just happy that you're, you seem like a, you're, a, you're a different person, you know? And of course, I'm a different person. I got married. I haven't gambled in almost six years and I have a child. I'm a completely different person than I was when I was gambling. You know, I was, uh, gambling was easy because I was by myself and it was very easy to gamble when you're by yourself. Um, there's no way I could have the lifestyle I did right now that I had back then with a wife and a child. Um, so I'm sure for some people they would need, you know, if it, it might bother somebody a lot more, you know, Jeff, you might've done something that you feel way worse than I felt about my bad thing. And, and so there's scales that, that kind of dictate what it is in recovery that you're trying to do. So for me, I, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to say I abstained. So that is my recovery. And so I'm okay with where I'm at with forgiving myself. But other people who are, who are actively looking at what they did all the time, whereas I'm not, you know, I guess part of that is I'm probably ignoring a lot of what I did. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't come to mind. It doesn't creep up on me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't keep me awake at night. It doesn't make me drink. It doesn't, you know, make other people hate me. So I would say that that is what tells me that I have forgiven myself for those, those choices. If, if something's not back in the back of my mind bothering me, then I think my mind is okay with it. I guess what, what comes to my mind is, You've obviously accepted what you did, but if you haven't gone through a process where you considered whether you no longer 
blame yourself or feel guilty about what you did. And, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you just stated that, you know, you never went through that kind of process that we go through in recovery in self-examination of those kinds of issues. Um, I just wonder if you are the example of somebody that can move forward through accepting what you did without really going through a process of, do I really forgive myself? Well, I'd, I'd say though that all the guilt and the tears I shed over that specific act was me forgiving myself. You know, after a while, when you don't get the same reaction out of your body, when you're thinking about something terrible, your mind kind of comes to terms with it. And so I don't know if that was me forgiving myself, but I'm able to move forward. Yeah, I was, I was actually um, just looking up, searching, you know, what is self-forgiveness and so on. And, um, and I found something that it's, it's kind of interesting in t- just in terms of doing the steps in a process. And I don't, I don't want to talk about it now because I don't want to influence anybody else's share, but um, I wonder who, who um, would like to talk about a process that they've gone through, whether internally or through like formal steps in a, in a GA program and really felt that they've considered the issue of self-forgiveness because we tend to focus more on others forgiving us that we've harmed as a result of our gambling or the behaviors related to gambling. And that typically has the priority, but we should be included in the process if the goal is getting to a point in our recovery of forgiveness. So I'll just stop there and, and ask if anyone would like to share on that. I'll go. But not about that, because I don't I don't want to talk about what you wanted to talk about. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't forgive you, Brad. <laughs> I, I think I'll get to that, Jeff. I'll get to that. Um, <clears throat> Brad, compulsive gambler. Uh, I haven't bet for a couple months now. February 7th, 2020. And today's May 13th, 2020. So a little over three months. Um, so... I'm I'm reading through this and 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 in typical Jeff fashion, post something that's thought provoking and makes you actually look inwardly, right? And Brian, you continue to fight it, and I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 reading it, and I'm like, I don't I don't know how to I, I don't know how to put it in the words of how it was asked. I know how to put it in the words of how it works for me. And for me, this would be a point. So there's a point where I can't look at myself in the mirror and there's, and, and I've been in those, 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 those uh, stages before in my life where I like literally just can't look at myself. Cause I feel I, the guilt, the shame, the lack of acceptance and forgiveness. Um, and for today, I, I feel like I can look myself in the mirror and have some self-awareness about who I'm looking at uh, the person I am today the things I went through to get me here and say, like kind of say to myself, you know, I accept the things that happened in my life that got me to who I am today. Um, I think in that process though, there's, there's also the, the next phase. It's like, who do I want to be looking at when I look in the mirror? Right. That's more to Jeff's question about the process that you have to go through to say, I accept, but now 
how do I get to where I want to be? And it's a never ending process, right? It's, it's circular in nature and, and you're always chasing your tail because the day we stop making ourselves better, we're dead. Um, the self, how the self forgiveness like kind of plays into that. Like, I'm not sure if I look at myself in the mirror and go, I accept who I am today and I forgive you for all the fucked up stuff you've done. I'm not sure if there's a direct correlation between those two. I'm at least able to say, I accept how I got here. I accept the powerlessness over gambling, but I'm not, I'm not sure that makes a leap to self-forgiveness. And I'm not, that's not to say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't gone through a process to forgive myself. Right. So I, I'm not sure if I can get there or, or if it's one of those things like, okay, I accept who I am today, but you're, as you, you're, I'm, I still have guilt and shame about the things I did in the past. Um, so I guess to the question, since entering recovery, what have you been able to accept and move past with respect to your gambling and its consequences? I accept the powerlessness. I accept the financial loss, right? Um, I'm working on the acceptance of the pain I caused to my loved ones. Um, I'm working on acceptance of the opportunity cost to myself of all the things I didn't accomplish while I was out fucking escaping and gambling. That's a big one for me. Um, like where would I be today had I have not done that? Uh, that, that one's, that one's harder for me. Um, so the next question you said, what challenges have you faced or do you currently face with respect, with respect to acceptance? I think I just outlined those, right? Like that's kind of where I'm at with those in acceptance. And then to the, you know, the forgiving yourself, I think probably in increments I have, I've forgiven myself to the extent that I, uh, forgiven myself to the extent of acceptance of myself, like put it that way. Um, and then the big question, do you need to forgive yourself to move forward in recovery? I am not far enough along in my recovery to be able to intelligently answer that question. I know you can get to about 98 days without forgiving yourself. I don't know if you can get the 980 days without forgiving yourself or, uh, you know, we measure it in a term of days because uh, that's our process. But I think it's really, you know, it's bigger than that. Do you, you know, are you able to move forward with your life in general? Uh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. So I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if I hit on what you were asking, but uh, but that's where I feel about the topic. Thanks, Greg. You know, maybe maybe it would be helpful if I went next, just because the topic is probably not stated as artfully as it could have been. So let me let me share. Can I ask Brad a question for his? Oh, absolutely. Sorry, sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to uh, run over your uh, your thoughts. I just. Brad, do you still, are there things about your behavior when you were gambling or what you did when you were gambling, do they affect you physically? Do you stay awake at night thinking about any of them? Do you feel guilt like during the day? Are there things that still bother you where they're at the top of your mind constantly about when you were active? Um, it's the biggest consequence that that's still top of mind, which is the financial ramifications of the gambling, right? Uh, I'm still in and will be for quite some time in a, a process to pay back my debts as a result of gambling. Um, and that every time I pay the debt or a debt feels good, right? Like that's, that's a good thing. It feels great 
to actually do the next right thing, which is paying back your, your debts. Um, uh, but every time I look at that spreadsheet, I use to track it and I go, I can't believe you fucking did that. Like where, when was that light ever going to go off? I mean, I, I, I quit gambling when I used all the credit I possibly could. Right. Like I, now what, granted I didn't like get caught, like some people get caught or have to come out. Like some people came out. Um, but I, I went till the end, like it was tapped. There was no more uh, trips where I can spend the type of money that I need to spend in order to get me excited in a casino. Right. And so you, you, you know, I, I think I thought about it as I go and I do the typical procrastination. I'll deal with that later. I'll figure this all out later. Well, here I am figuring it out later. And what figuring it out means is half of the money that my company gives me every paycheck goes towards paying off debts. Right. And I'm going to be doing that for the next three and a half or four years. Right. And, uh, and I still kick myself when that happens. Right. It doesn't keep me up at night. Um, it doesn't, it's, it's not overbearing to the point where, um, I still can't, like, I can't focus. My focus is much greater than it was four months ago. Uh, but yeah, I still, I still have some guilt and I kick myself about that. I don't know if that'll be done until all that money's paid back though. Right. Like I can forgive myself for it, but every time I have to hypothetically write a check, you know, I'll be thinking about it. Okay. So I actually just did a, a quick Google search about self forgiveness. And the first thing that popped up is how to forgive yourself five steps to self forgiveness. And they list acknowledge your mistakes, be compassionate, accept yourself as you are, make a plan for correcting your mistakes, and put your action plan into practice. Okay, that's an interesting process. So I can probably use that as a framework to share my own experiences with dealing with acceptance and forgiveness. The acceptance for me first began after I got caught and for the first time had to face that I was a gambling addict. You're not supposed to use, you're not supposed to identify yourself as an addict. They say you have an addiction. You're not an addict because you're not trying to, you know, focus on the person, focus on the behaviors. But anyway, that I was a fucked up gambler. So I'll, I'll put it that way. So I definitely accepted that fairly early on. Now, I gave other examples as, you know, accepting the financial harm and accepting the harm that one causes to others in this addiction. The financial harm, I was clearly aware, obviously, that I created financial devastation. But I, again, if I'm, if I'm really sort of looking at this as a process, it wasn't until my son added up all the money that he was able to figure out based on bank statements that I withdrew for the purpose of gambling. And obviously it was no longer in the bank. So it's a pretty, you know, connecting the dots, it's a pretty safe assumption that that's what I gambled with, but it certainly did not encompass the entire thing. 
But the number he came up with, I was like fucking astounded. Why? And I think I said, why? I mean, I knew what, but it wasn't until he went through the process for me and told me a number that I felt now I can say that I accepted. It was right there in black and white. I couldn't deny it, how much financial harm I caused. And in terms of harm to others, again, um, I knew as I was engaging in behaviors that if the people that were closest to me, and especially my wife, found out, you know, I certainly knew that it was going to cause harm. Um, but again, I think I went through a process, even after I fully disclosed, at least as far as I could remember, all the stuff that I did, it, it really wasn't clear the extent and the depth of the harm until, um, you know, the weeks and months passed. And certain situations would come up in conversation that just made me think, wow, I mean, I can't, she has this certain thought and I understand it now. And that would, that was nothing that I would have, you know, dreamt that that was one of the consequences. So again, that was a process. So that's the acceptance. I think for me, the forgiveness came about with actually working the steps in GA um, because I had to get to a level where the overwhelming shame that I felt and guilt that I felt, shame, you know, um, for myself, guilt for what I had done, um, started to be, I don't want to say outweighed, but at least uh, the commitment to recovery and the actions that I did in working the steps to demonstrate that commitment started to also be a consideration in how I overall looked at myself. So I got to a point where, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty okay with how I'm doing now and the effort that I'm putting in and the fact that I'm following through with what I need to and going, you know, quite frankly, beyond some of the things that I thought I needed to do or, or could have, or um, should have done. And that's when I think the, the forgiveness sort of was developed. And if I use that definition of forgiveness in terms of no longer being resentful of myself, I think so. You know, the old, the, the, the adage of, you know, um, you know I, I can forgive you, but I won't forget. I mean, I think that's very relevant. I'll never forget what I did. And when I think about it, Yes, it makes me sad, but between the acceptance that, you know, I can't change the past, so that's me, and the ability to forgive myself because I've learned in recovery the importance of being forgiving to others and compassionate, why shouldn't I be able to use those, you know, same um, learned, I guess, um, I don't know what you want to call it, learned, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the ability to do that, it should reflect on myself as well as others. So why why don't I deserve it? I mean, I can, I think I look at people now totally different than when I used to look at people in my active addiction. 
I used to be extremely judgmental. I used to always think that I can figure out, you know, a person, you know, within a minute of meeting them. I, I already pegged them for what kind of person that is, if this is some bullshit or if this guy's a great shoot. And then if hearing some behaviors, I've already judged that person without even knowing where that person has been, what is, what, what his, his or her background, what caused them to do that. And now I think I'm much more conscious of that. So all this goes into helping myself and moving and, and being able to forgive myself, um, but not, not forgetting. So that's my long-winded answer as usual. I forgive myself for that though. Um, I don't know. I, I, does that make it any more clear? At least it does for me. But I have a question, Jeff, for you. Well, to respond to your question, it's much more clear. And, I, and when I share, I think I'm going to be a whole lot more like Brad in his share. Uh, but I do have one quick question. Um, I know that you've had a sort of a change in careers, and now you're working in the problem gambling industry. Um, did it take that career change? or your involvement in the industry to allow yourself to fully forgive? Or was that process well underway before you immersed yourself in the industry and essentially began giving back to the people that really needed the help? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's interesting just because my involvement in, in the industry, which included, um, educating myself and getting training that had to do with recovery in, in the field of gambling addiction and learning how to be a, you know, a peer recovery specialist, which basically like learning how to work with others that are struggling by using my own experiences. Yeah. I mean, that was very much a part of it. I'm not sure sequentially, if I can say, you know, first came just my um, my sort of recovery modalities like GA and, and counseling and all that. And then I reached a certain point in my career. I think because a lot of it was was concurrent. And, and in fact, you know, it's a really good question because it makes me think that it was so much more um, motivating in terms of learning to advance what my new career was because it at the same time allowed me to examine myself. So I was sort of getting the value of both at the same time, learning how to be a certain, you know, a person that works with others at the same time, better understanding the addiction and myself and my past behavior. So you know, the combination, I think, was really helpful. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it, I can't help but thinking, but you know, when did I forgive myself? It's like, when did I cross the invisible line? I don't know. And I think that is more a reflection of a process-driven, um, you know, type of recovery rather than outcome driven because I really gained a lot in the process and it's not outcome driven because I'll never be at that level where, you know, I, I strive to be because nobody is, I mean, it's 
nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, you know, at one point another lies or does something that is so contrary to what kind of life we want to live, but that's okay. Cause I recognize when I do it and, uh, and I own up to it next. Danielle. I didn't know I volunteered, but okay. No, I'll go. My name is Danielle, compulsive gambler last but July 31st of 2018. Sorry, I am super tired tonight, so I apologize for being quiet. I enjoy these conversations, though. Um, you know, Jeff, you posted this topic, and we're going to talk about it on Saturday. And now it's tonight's meeting, um, which I think is great. Um, acceptance. So... What have I been able to accept and move past with respect to my gambling and its consequences? I'd say that I have been able to accept the, let's see, I, I've accepted the fact that I will probably never fully regain the trust 100% of my husband, right? So that was something that really impacted me in my relationship, where he never didn't trust me with anything not great English, but he, he always trusted me. And then I come out with all this gambling stuff and it was like, then he didn't know what was a lie and what was ever the truth. So I accept the fact that there's probably going to be days where he still tries to jab it into me in terms of not trusting. So he trusts from a financial perspective again, in the sense that he knows if I'm on my phone there is zero, and I talked about this in my podcast, there's zero, there is no debit card attached to my phone. Uh, but he will suddenly take interest in bills that are coming out of our account, which he was not, had in, he did not have interest in before. And he'll be like, well, what's this for? And it's something that I've told him about a while ago, like it's the bill to pay back my medical payment for an $8,000 hospital bill. So it's 200 bucks a month but he didn't know what that was. And it was a different code. He didn't recognize it wasn't from a mortgage company or something like that. He didn't know what it was. So he started to kind of question it, which I completely accept. Um, and I think that that was kind of hard for me originally. And to the point where I've even heard my sponsor say that she has, uh, she's 17 years in and her husband will still like kind of get upset sometimes and get frustrated and she'll give him like a timer. She's like, you have 15 minutes to vent about this. And then we're moving on because we can't keep going back. We can't, we can't not have this level of trust. But that was interesting. But when she said it, I was like, crap, probably going to be me for the rest of my life. And I accept the fact that that could be the case. You know, we all did damage to our relationships or at least ourselves. And um, that's something that I do accept. I think the other thing that I accept is that like, this is a disease that I will technically have for the rest of my life. And I hope to be in meetings until I'm 80 some years old, because that's where I get the most is through meetings like this. You're not stopping. Um, meetings like this, GA rooms, you know, this is where I get my recovery from. Um, I think something that I've probably had, have you faced, what challenges have you faced do you currently face with respect to acceptance? My biggest challenge is the financial aspect. I know Brad was kind of talking, touched on that part. I think that's a big, that's a difficult thing for everyone. I will have debt for the next nine years. That's the way we worked out our loan repayment. And 
I don't know that after nine years, I still will fully accept the financial destruction that I caused myself and my husband. Um, because it's not about repaying the debt. It's about the fact that like, for me, it was our wedding money. Like I will never, I don't know if I'll ever be able to accept that. And I think that's so much in, okay, do I accept it versus forgiveness, which is your second part of your topic is like, will I ever, you have, do you need to forgive yourself to move forward? Have you ever, have you forgiven yourself? I'd say yes, you need your, you need to forgive yourself to move forward completely, but it's a forgive versus forget, which is exactly what you talked about. That's, I will, can I forgive myself versus, I will never forget it. You know, like you said, you'll never forget the financial disruption. You'll never forget the character changes that the addiction caused, but you don't have to be able to forget it to forgive yourself. I'm not there yet. I will fully come out and say I am not there yet. But that's something that hit me hard in one of my GA rooms was like, that's what this guy, this guy said to us. It was like, your family will never forget. We're not asking them for, to forget. We're asking them to forget. And the whole focus, I think, in the beginning, like you said, is everyone else forgiving you. But in order to forgive myself, I have to also believe that I am worthy of forgiveness because of the damage that I've caused. And certainly in the beginning, you know, I'm 21 and a half months in now. Um, in the beginning, I would have told you that I would never be able to have, I would never accept what I've done because I, I, I would never be able to be forgiven because I didn't deserve to be forgiven and everything like that. And my sponsor used to say she would look at herself in the mirror and say, you know, her name and I love you. And I was like, will I ever be able to do that? I never had really good self-confidence before, so I don't know about that part, but, you know, it's just, I'll never, I don't expect people to forget. I don't expect myself to forget, but hopefully at some point I will fully for, be able to forget myself. And I think once that debt is gone, that will partially, that will get closer, but I also think as I go through the program and go through the steps more, I'm only on like step three, so I got nine more steps to get through in my lifetime. And uh, it's a life program, so I'm ready to bring it, bring it on and continue to recover, hopefully. And uh, I think I rambled way too much, so I'm going to shut up. Anyone has any questions? Well, I have a question on the, on the trust uh, comments that you made. Um, because I've, I've said it at certain meetings that I don't want my wife to trust me 100%. I never want that to happen because I need that security of knowing that I will be caught if I ever gamble again. Um, and, and also need it as a reminder that I can't become complacent and I have this addiction. So <clears throat> that is certainly a reminder when I know that, you know, she can't completely trust me or she doesn't completely trust me. I'm sure she, she can if, if she chose to, but I'm also pretty confident that there'll always be a, a doubt about me doing the right thing. And again, I, I'm just not only okay with it, but I think that that is a good thing because if she trusted me 100%, 
um, and I have whatever kind of day, a great day or a horrible day that sort of triggers something, some weakness. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't be in a position to say, well, I can gamble today and she'll never find out. So I just wonder, based upon your comments about your husband's, you know, lack of trust, if you think that there's a positive side to that in terms of maintaining your abstinence. Yeah, I, that's interesting. Um, I think that by my husband not trusting me fully, um, it does kind of put that like fear in me a little bit, which I have always said the fear of going back and going back to how I felt at the end, especially is what keeps me is one of the things that keeps me away. It's one of my roadblocks. Um, I think knowing that he's going to find out (laughs) if I ever, if I ever even tried, he's so on top of it now that I think it gives me a little bit of sense of security that like there, yes, are there ways you'll all as, as a gambling person now, I, I never did resort to any illegal act, uh, nor did I actually contemplate. So that answer is no on the 20 questions. However, my mom and my dad have both said to me, if your husband knew about the finances and, and watched everything go in and out, and again, mine was all on the phone. So just like your son, I mean, it's very easy to play it out right in front of you, that I would have probably gone in a different route to be able to obtain the finances that he would have figured out if he was watching it. So I feel like there's always, there is that fear factor there. And I think that's important, at least for me, like it's just another roadblock. So I think it is, it's like, now that I think about it that way, it's a good thing that he doesn't have a hundred percent trust. And I don't know if I'll ever a hundred percent trust myself with it. That's why I don't take a credit card, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. That's why I don't attach it to my phone because I know who I am. You know, that, that those personality characteristics have not been changed yet. Um, they Some of them have, and they are worked on, but I got a lot to work on. Thanks. Well, guys and gal, there's only five of us, including myself, so I take it that I'm last. <laughs> I'm Tom Kay, uh, compulsive gambler, last bet. January 12th of this year. And this is a really interesting question because I have similarities to everybody's share so far. And I think there was a similar topic to this a couple of weeks ago in one of our our meetings. And at the time I was like 100% confident that I had accepted that I was powerless over gambling and that I had forgiven myself for past sins as it relates to gambling. <clears throat> and you guys have all made me question that very deeply. <laughs> but <clears throat> as I look at the topic and the different questions, I have accepted things that I cannot change, meaning there was 20 years of ups and downs, some good experiences, many, many more negative experiences that I know that in my life I cannot change. Those things happened. I'm 40 years old. God willing, there's another 40 years ahead of me. And even if those experiences were all positive, I I, I can't change what's already happened in my life. Um, So much the way Brad described, now that we're in recovery, and I think Brian mentioned this too, 
now that we're in recovery, if you don't think that you can better yourself or there's reasons to make steps in the right direction, then it's not really a life worth living, right? So when I look back on all of those, all of those experiences, I absolutely can accept the things I cannot change. But that also means I try not to dwell on them, right? Um, as a major, major portion of my recovery, it's been ingrained into me that it's much more important to look forward into the future than it is to look backwards. And to the extent that you look backwards, it's important to what we have said several times to not forget or, or to remember that there are wounds there, that you know, there are damages that were caused by the problem that w- which brings us all together. And that really is, that serves as the reminder of why we're doing the things that we're doing to move forward. Um, so since I entered recovery, what have you been able to accept and move past with respect to your gambling and its consequences? Um, for me, the easiest thing that's been, I've been able to accept, unlike a few of the other shares, is the finances. Um, the finances is very tangible and unlike some of the emotional and the relationship damages I've caused, the financial damages, there will come a time when I'm no longer repaying debts. And there will come a time when 100% of my paycheck is going towards family needs. It's going towards you know, positive experiences for my family in the form of trips. Could go towards another car. I mean, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. But I, I also feel like there is a finite end to that. Um, wh- whereas, on the other hand, it's been a whole lot more difficult to accept and move past the damages that I've caused to my loved ones and the amount of time that gambling stripped away from me in spending quality time with my kids. Um, you know, I work a 40 plus hour a week job. And I really should have been relishing in the opportunity to spend the time that I'm not working and the time that I'm not sleeping with my family. And in reality, I was just gambling and gambling away, not only money, but time. So for me, it's really hard to accept that we're only on this planet for a finite amount of time. And I spent a lot of it just pissing it away. So for me, that's really been very difficult to accept and forgive myself for. Um, but as I started with my share, I, I do think that I'm, I'm getting closer each and every day to essentially making amends, you know, trying to spend every, every minute and every time that I have now making that quality count, n- knowing that I can't, you know, I can't change what happened in the past, but I sure as hell can make the experiences in the future more fruitful ones. Um, the challenges I've faced or the challenges I currently face with ex- respect to acceptance. Um, we talked about trust a little bit in a few of the shares and, and that's definitely been a tough one. Um, it, it's hard to, to take my personality, which obviously I think very similar to a lot of you is based around instant gratification and, and wanting to fix things as quickly as possible. Trust is one of those things where we've talked about it might not ever fully come back. And it's hard for me to get my arms around the fact that it's going to take me a whole lot longer to regain trust than it is to regain money. Um, you know, I have a schedule and, and I've built out a budget to figure out how I'm going to repay all the, the loans and the, 
the financial consequences that are laying in my lap. But one thing I can't, I can't get my arms around is how long it's going to take me to rebuild trust. And I think Jeff's share is really good. You can use it as a benefit or a positive in having that little sliver of doubt in your loved one's minds that keeps you on the right path. And it's an interesting share because when those questions have come up in my first four months of recovery, not only have I not responded negatively to those comments, but I actually kind of enjoy it in some weird way. I enjoy almost boasting <laughs> that no, no, I haven't spent money on gambling or no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing X, Y, Z. That's really, really positive for us. And I really enjoy sharing, sharing that news or sharing that information when that self-doubt or, or whenever that doubt or question comes up from a loved one. Um, I really think it is a positive and it's something that I can think about long-term um, instead of dwelling on how long it'll take to fully recover every, you know, every sliver of trust that I essentially burned to the ground. Um, have I forgiven myself? And <clears throat> what has been the most difficult to forgive yourself for? I think I touched on this a little bit, but it, it's the, the sunken time um, and not, not having that time back and not having that ability to make relationships with my spouse and my kids stronger than they otherwise could have been. I, I think Brad shared about, you know, it's hard to look yourself in the mirror and think about <laughs> where you would be if not for the gambling problem. And, and for me, that manifests, manifests itself in, in relationships and where would my relationship be? And, you know, what, what would my kids think of me, if anything different at all, if this was never an issue? Um, I'll never know, but in the back of my mind, I can't ever forget where I came from. And there's always that little sliver of doubt that, you know, things could be more positive if not for this problem. Um, is forgiveness, do you need to forgive yourself to move forward in recovery? Um, I think in its very nature, forgiveness is a, a continual process as is recovery. And they almost kind of run hand in hand. Um, I'm somewhere between abstinence and recovery. Um, I think working from home and not being able to get to live GA meetings has kept me from practicing the steps, if you will. Um, but I do know that as I try to improve myself um, through these meetings and through therapy and other things, that I am continually looking at past sins, and whether I, I can forgive myself. So I think it's important that once I can truly say, yes, I can forgive myself, I've cleared a major hurdle in my recovery. And it really, it allows you, like I said before, to not focus on the past, but look forward into the future. And, and the forgiveness portion of that allows you to turn the tides and move from looking, for, looking backwards to moving forwards. And for that, I think it's extremely important. And I think I hover somewhere you know, in between not forgiving and forgiving, but each and every day, it seems like it's getting a little better. Um, but these shares, it really put it in perspective. Two weeks ago, I would have said, yep, absolutely. I, I know what I did wrong. I know what I need to do going forward. But these questions make it a little more detailed and in-depth. And for that, it's been a great topic. So thank you much. Hey, Tom, I, I'm just curious, and I don't want to get too personal, but can you compare your 
family life to when you were in active addiction and I mean in active addiction meaning when it was going well from time to time or if there was a period of time to to what it is now and sort of the difficulty that is now versus you know when you were just living and gambling yeah so when thinking about over the past 14 years since I've been with my now wife um in the gambling years before that it didn't have the same consequences right like the, the wasted time was really just time that I could have been spent in my profession or what have you, obviously still important, but I didn't have the, the relationships that I needed to focus on like I do now. Um, but since 2006, you know, even during, you know, good winning streaks or, or whatever, there was always an element where I was putting everybody else second and putting myself and my problem first. Right. I mean, all I ever did was think about betting and sports and, you know, I can't wait until this bet's over so I can make another one. And I wonder what's on tap tomorrow. And, you know, for that, it's like not only could I have had a stronger relationship, but as Brad said, I, you know, financially, I could have been in a different spot. Um, my wife's always wanted to go on, a, on our 10 year anniversary trip to Hawaii. And uh, that's coming up in five months. And <laughs> that's toast. Right. Like from a financial perspective. So there's a lot of things that, you know, had this played out differently, I would have made better choices. And I think my life would have been in a more, it just would have been in a more solid stand uh, standing than it is now. Um, so yeah, even during winning streaks, I mean, even during losing streaks, it, it was that element of just putting everything else second and putting gambling first just cost me so much time and so much money that it's just going to take a long, long time to put it all back together. Nobody else has any comments or thoughts. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for doing this. Uh, I, it's funny. I, we do this and I'm just like, I don't have anything to say, but I love listening to everybody else uh, because it's just there's so many thoughtful answers. And so uh, I want to thank Brad and Danielle and Tom. And for Jeff, I'm Brian. Everybody, thanks for listening.